I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, The Rock takes on an earthquake in San Andreas. And I've got a review. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Mulder and Scully return to your televisions this week, but not together. We'll tell you about Aquarius and the return of Hannibal. Plus... We'll tell you what's out on Blu-ray and DVD. It's a good list this week. First, it's the news. From the couch. Lannister. Baratheon. Stark. Tyrell. They're all just spokes on a wheel. The Game of Thrones finale is hitting the big screen. HBO Canada is teaming up with Cineplex to present the show's season 5 finale in 74 theaters across the country. This one's on top, then that one's on top, and on and on it spins, crushing those on the ground. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Free tickets were made available on a first-come, first-served basis as of this past Wednesday on Cineplex's website. Yes, free. The screening will also include the penultimate episode of Season 5, behind-the-scenes clips and extras, and previews of other HBO series. Stannis Baratheon is an army at Castle Black. He means to take the North. This is the time, and I will risk everything. Winter is coming. We know what's coming with it. We can learn to live with the wildlings. We can add them to the army of the dead. HBO Canada says a similar screening last year drew more than 11,000 fans to just 29 theatres. And don't forget, earlier this year, they screened the wall episode from last season on IMAX screens across North America. The fantasy series wraps up on June 14th. They have a choice. They can live in my new world or they can die in their old one. If you want justice, you've come to the wrong place. This better be a meeting, because I'm important. Tracy, it's Liz. I want you to know that at my party tonight, you're off the leash. I want to see the behavior that got you kicked out of the inaugural ball. I can't, LL. First of all, the Secret Service never gave me back my t-shirt cannon. What? No. Come on, you have to come. I need you. This party has to be off the hook. People don't say that anymore. They say Surf Party USA. World, get ready for the return of Tracy Morgan. The 30 Rock, Saturday Night Live, and all-around comedy store who was nearly killed in a car wreck will make his first public appearance in nearly a year this week. Parties are like frisbees. If you throw them the wrong way, they'll veer off in a bad direction, and then your kid will fall into a quarry. What? Don't throw a party for vengeance. It will turn on you, like your wife, after your kid has fallen into a quarry. Quarry! Morgan will sit down with Matt Lauer on the Today Show on Monday, his first appearance anywhere since the crash. He suffered head trauma last June when his limo was hit by a Walmart truck on a New Jersey highway. He's been recovering ever since. He also settled his lawsuit with Walmart out of court this past week. The Today Show interview, I'm guessing, will be a little more serious than what we usually see from Tracy Morgan. Here he is with David Letterman some time ago. What's your sister's name? Oh, I want to say her name out there. Okay, I understand. She's on the low-low. Yeah. 
Let's just call her. Just Lolo. got married. Just got married. That's what yeah, I was. Yeah, we had to go. We, it took us three hours to get up to the jail. She, she, she got fifteen to life. She she married a prisoner. She always marrying prisoners. I said, all these free men out here, these good-looking free men out yeah. here. Why you don't pick one of them? She said, at least I know where mine's is at. Yeah. Lights out at nine for mine. Hey, it's Tracy Morgan. Anything can happen. I love this cornbread so much, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. You know those Expendables movies? The ones led by Sylvester Stallone where he rounds up a bunch of mostly aging, but a couple of up-and-coming action stars. And there's lots of guns and grenades and punching and pain. Expendables 4 is not even in development yet, but it may have already found its villain. What you gonna do? When Hulkamania runs wild on you! I still get goosebumps every time I hear that music because I loved Hulk Hogan when I was a kid, and I still love Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan says he was talking to Stallone about doing the movie during a Q&A at the Body Pro Expo in Birmingham, England. He says, quote, We're trying to figure out a way to maybe... Turned me into the most evil man in the world. You know, Stallone gave me my first break, and he's been a great friend. We had a great conversation talking about the possibilities. Can I still run? Can I still jump? Well, not as fast or not as high, but I think Hollywood could find me a good stuntman to help me out. End quote. Hulk Hogan has not been able to run or jump since the 80s, if you're at all familiar with his wrestling. As you may recall, Hogan was in Rocky III with Stallone. He played the menacing pro wrestler Thunderlips. The first Expendables movie starred Stallone, Jason Statham, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terry Crews, Dolph Lundgren, a.k.a. the Swede who will make you bleed, just to name a few. It was a decent-sized hit in 2010. The last couple have not been all that successful, particularly the third one, which only made $39 million in North America. If they do a fourth one, though, what are the Expendables going to do? What you gonna do, brother, when Hulkamania runs wild on you? You broke the rules, man. Now there are no rules. Survive with the fittest. Bodies flying out over the top everywhere. And sooner or later in the battle royal, it's gonna be just you and me. Meanwhile, do you remember this? In times of great peril, the world must call upon the services of a singular individual. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. So is everyone who saw that movie. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is coming back to the big screen. The first movie arrived in 2003 and was based on a 1999 comic book series from Alan Moore, the man behind other stories like Watchmen, From Hell, V for Vendetta. The League combined a bunch of characters from classic Victorian age works like Alan Quartermain, Captain Nemo, Mina Murray, Dr. Jekyll, The Invisible Man, Dorian Gray, and Tom Sawyer. It was supposed to be a franchise. It turned out to be Sean Connery's last movie because despite the whiz-bang special effects, the movie was a dud. A couple of years ago, there was talk of a television series, but the pilot was never ordered to series. Now it's getting the big screen reboot. Hopefully it's better than the last one. Extraordinary gentlemen indeed. And women. The League. That was naughty. More news from the couch next. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett, continuing now with our news from The Couch. 
Have you ever driven a cement mixer? No, but I've had some conversations that felt like that. Jerry Seinfeld's web series returns this week. It's comedians in cars getting coffee. Look at what I got for you. Here's why I picked it. This to me is you. Because you are James Bond of comedy. Drop your weapon! Whatever the mission, to give the world a little thrill. I'm in a 57 Chevy Bel Air drop top. You come in. I'm honored. And kill it. It's the sixth season of the show, although season is a weird way to quantify it, and show isn't really the right word either, I don't think. If you've never seen it, it literally is what it sounds like, comedians in cars getting coffee. In each 15 to 20 minute episode, Seinfeld takes a different, fancier, strange car, picks up a comedian friend of his, and they go for coffee. Can we start with some coffee? Cheers. I'll have a coffee. Cheers. Cheers. I'd like some coffee. I drink coffee before bed. I'm gonna have coffee. If I want that warm feeling. Picks you up while it calms you down. It's just impossible. There are only six episodes this season, a new one released every Wednesday. This time around, Jerry will drive around and sip coffee with his old Seinfeld friend, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Jim Carrey, Family Feud host Steve Harvey, Stephen Colbert, Bill Maher, and incoming Daily Show host Trevor Noah. You're a genius. If they were really donut holes, wouldn't the bag be empty? What? Wait till my father hears about this. What? The buoy was as vicious as I've ever seen. I shovel words into a lens. Feels good, looks good, is good. It's not bad. It's not bad. I like all my jokes to go down. Yeah! And make a hard left. I'd go left here, too. Talk about a truck full of nitro down a dirt road. Wait, we should be backing up while that sound is happening. The first episode will be available at ComediansInCarsGettingCoffee.com on Wednesday. One of the greatest things about a comedian. This is basically, metaphorically... You can insult them to their face. You have a giant iceberg of smugness. They love it. I'm gonna need some stronger coffee if this is gonna go on much longer. Here I am, Wheezy. Hey, you're gonna like it down here. Won't do any good to run, girly boy. I've heard that before. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I thought that'd be mean. And then you just volunteered it. Sure. That's from the 1990 miniseries adaptation of Stephen King's It. And just three weeks before shooting was set to begin, three weeks before shooting was set to begin on a feature film adaptation, the director, Carrie Fukunaga, has pulled out likely over creative differences. Fukunaga is the one who pushed for two movies because he loves the book, and it is a long book at over a thousand pages, so I could understand the two movies, but it was originally budgeted at $30 million, and he wanted to shoot it in New York, so they cut his budget since he wouldn't shoot it in a location with better tax incentives. King reacted on Twitter saying, quote, the remake of It may be dead or undead, but we'll always have Tim Curry. He's still floating down in the sewers of Derry. I'll kill you all. <laughs> I'll drive you crazy and I'll kill you all. I'm every nightmare you ever had. I am your worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of. If you recognize the name of the now-departed director, by the way, Kerry Fukunaga, he directed season one of HBO's True Detective. Do you wonder ever, you're a bad man? The world needs bad men. 
we keep the other bad men from the door. I didn't really have to play that clip, but I just wanted an excuse to play it again. I got no problem with that. Season 2 starts in July on June 21st, by the way. Speaking of seasons on TV, starting in the summer, Season 3 of Stephen King's Under the Dome debuts on CBS Thursday, June 25th. CBS This Summer. You still believe that the dome is good? The dome is here to destroy us. The summer's number one show returns. Everybody stay together! Chester's mill strikes again. Mark Helgenberger guest stars on Under the Dome. Ready when you are. Season premiere at CBS this summer. Next season of American Horror Story is going to be full of Schmidt. Love mango chutney. Uh, really any type of chutney. I use sculpting <laughs> chutney. Once I'm done with my chutney, back in the row it goes. The latest cast oh. member of the fifth season of the FX series American Horror Story is from the Fox comedy New Girl, Max Greenfield, who plays one of our favorite characters on TV, Schmidt. This is LLS. Ladies love Schmidt. What? Nothing less sexy than a dude asking if he can kiss you. Nothing. I mean, what if I ate my own hair and pooped out a wig? What if I called my mom after sex to describe it to her? What if I had a croissant blog? You're a boy, I could, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name you Mordechai, or Abraham, Menachem Menendel, Schmierson. The fifth season subtitle is Hotel, and on Monday, the creator of American Horror Story, Ryan Murphy, tweeted that Greenfield will be checking in, but won't be checking out. The cast includes Lady Gaga, Matt Bomer, Sarah Paulson, Chloe Seveny, Kathy Bates, Wes Bentley, and J.N. Jackson, and now Schmidt. You know what I'm thinking about, Cease? What, Schmidt? That when you stand up, there's going to be like a perfect imprint of your butt in the sand. American Horror Story Hotel debuts in the fall on FX. Typically, they start around the first or second week of October, and now it comes served with Schmidt. Oh, I mean, that's a classic move, even in the lesbian community. What are we talking about? Did you just hear the phrase lesbian community and come running out of your room? I did. That is the news from the couch. Up next, we're going to tell you what's out on Blu-ray and DVD. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Uh, Houston, we got a pretty large bang there associated with a master alarm. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. We are venting something out into space. Look on TNC, these guys are talking about bangs and shimmies up there. Doesn't sound like instrumentation to me. We've been hit by a media, we'd be dead by now. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Failure is not an option. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Taking a look at what's out on Blu-ray and DVD this coming Tuesday, and that's one of my all-time favorites, Apollo 13. It's the 20th anniversary edition, and it's the first time it's properly been released on Blu-ray as well, so I'm very much looking forward to that. It looks like it's going to have all the same extras as the special edition DVD, which you may or may not already have, and maybe one new extra for the Blu-ray. But it doesn't matter. It's a great movie, and I'm going to buy it every single time it comes out in a new upgraded format, Brett. So even this is when, at least the third time I'll have bought it. Even when when we get into the future and they can just beam it directly into our brains, yep. you will? I will reserve space for it inside my head. You didn't need that room for math and chemistry anyway. No. 
All right. Up next, we're actually going to we're going to tell you what else is coming up because there is some other good stuff on the Blu-ray DVD. We'll get to that next. You are listening. Oh, and we still have the review of San Andreas coming. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Surely do. State your name for the record. Omar Devon Little. Mr. Little, how old are you? About twenty-nine. They're about. And where do you live? No place in particular, ma'am. You're homeless? And when, so to speak. And what is your occupation? I robs drug dealers. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. We're continuing our look at what's out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. And that's The Wire, Omar on the stand, one of the great scenes of one of the great shows of all time. Now, this is the first time that it's ever been on Blu-ray. On Tuesday, it was... Originally just released on DVD, it was never shot in widescreen either, Brett, because this goes back a few years to just, they were just starting to do that on some shows, but they didn't with uh, HBO's The Wire. It was sort of under the radar for much of its run, but it's become very much an acclaimed and beloved show, and so now they've actually gone back to the original footage and converted it to widescreen and it, so they did all sorts of tricks, and it was a very laborious process. David Simon did, uh, I don't know if he was, like, hands-on the whole time, but he is, he, he's given it his stamp of approval. He says it's not perfect or anything, because how could it be? But Was none of it in, in widescreen? They got the option after the third season to go to widescreen, but then they decided not to just so the look of the show would stay the same throughout the series. Okay. So now all five seasons converted to widescreen, and it's uh, David Simon says it's it's okay. It's it's, not, it's better than okay. It's not great, not perfect, but it is. He says it's fine. You'll like it. So well, that, that that's the interesting thing now about converting things to widescreen. Yeah. It's the reverse pan and scan, right? Yeah. Because you remember with uh, movies when they'd come out on VHS or DVD for yep. your regular tube, your CRT television, they would have to cut off the sides and either and pan and scan to, to get to fit the whole frame in. Yeah, and that was the most awkward looking thing every single time. Yeah, it always looked bad and you would get the, the incomplete... Uh, frame, so that's why you know, purists or geeks like us would would want to buy the widescreen version of whatever, even though it didn't fill up the screen. And now it's the reverse, where it's the sides instead of the top and the bottom. Yeah, exactly. And it's trying to find that extra. Hopefully, the stuff they're putting back in, like whatever was happening on the sides can stay and there's not like some crew guy with a microphone standing there or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Because that, I think that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just even a side note on that, with when, whenever there's a replay of Seinfeld that's been yep. remastered, I don't know that I like it. I don't either. Some, you can really tell and it looks really awkward sometimes. Although with Friends, I've never once, uh, like the episode will be over and I was like, oh wait, that was all in full screen. And I mean, that show started in 1994, so you know it didn't start like that. Yeah. So it was like... Well, I did, you know, that seems to look fine for some reason. Yeah. Um, okay, what else is on the, the list here? Sorry, I got us off track. Focus, the Will Smith uh, heist movie. <laughs> I need to focus, apparently. Yeah, there you go. I think people like that one, right? I think so, but... It, it didn't tank terribly, but I'm sure they're looking sort of for a second life on uh, home video. Jupiter Ascending, boy, that one did tank, didn't it? 
Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. That that movie was not. Uh, it was it got bad reviews. It was not a big hit domestically. Forty seven million dollars, but it did make one hundred and eighty one million worldwide. So that's not entirely get awful. their money back. Yeah, and the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water. So a lot of kids will like that. Yeah, that was a big hit too. That both critically and commercially, it was very well received. And I just want to quickly mention something here. I started watching a show this week called Texas Rising. To the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, fellow citizens and compatriots, victory or death. <laughs> then it will be death, soldier. Texas Rising premieres May 25th on History. So I started watching this week. I've been excited about it for a couple of months because they've been promoing it during Vikings on History as well as on during Bates Motel, which airs on A&E because one of the stars of Bates Motel is in Texas Rising. And uh, the, tr- the promos looked great. And I watched the first episode, and it was not particularly good. Oh, wasn't horrible, but and I guess what I mean is there is potential there for a good story. It takes place right after the the fall of the Alamo, so it's the immediate aftermath of that as Texas is fighting for its independence. But the first episode, I just found it. It's a ten part mini or ten hour miniseries, by the way, being shown in uh, two hour intervals, and it was. Didn't so grab you. It was kind of boring and, and clumsy, like really clunky dialogue. There are a couple of characters, a couple of young characters that are there just for comic relief, and they're in it way too much, almost as though they're just trying to make it friendly for a younger audience. Hmm. I just wanted to skip. I actually did start skipping it every time they came on screen. I was really disappointed with Texas Rising. If you've got it on your PVR, I caution you, if you watch it, you might be wasting your time, I guess. You have been warned. Up next, a review of San Andreas. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. People need to know that the shaking is not over. We'll get hit again. And it's going to be a bigger monster. I've been Oh, my God. The Earth will literally crack open. And you will feel it. On the East Coast. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and this weekend, new in theaters is San Andreas, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's pretty simple, as you heard from the science guy Paul Giamatti, the San Andreas Fault finally goes boom. The supporting cast includes Carla Gugino and Alexandra Daddario. Let me say that again. Alexandra Daddario. There we go. She has been in lots of stuff, but you might remember her from a certain scene from True Detective. The main star here, though, is destruction. I cannot emphasize this enough. You need to get out, and I mean now. If you can't, God be with you. All right, hold on. We gotta get over it before Chris. That is the rock driving a boat alongside hundreds of other boaters as they race towards a tidal wave trying to get over it. Doesn't work so well for some, but hey, he's The Rock. Here's what he says to that tsunami. The Rock says this, is that tonight he was gonna do one thing, and that is lay the smack down on your Rudy Poo! If you smell what The Rock is cooking. 
To start, I will say that San Andreas is a big summer disaster movie, which means it's going to be silly. And this is, in many spots, very silly. And that has earned it a Rotten Tomato. It has 52% rating on that website, which means a lot of bad reviews. And it's certainly not perfect. Kind of formulaic in the sense that, okay, how do you tell a story about being in the middle of a disaster? Well, how about we separate the family and have the parents try to get to their child? Sounds kind of like the day after tomorrow to me. But there is hope, my friend. There is hope because, yeah, it's a big, dumb movie, but it's an entirely thrilling, big, dumb movie. Paul Giamatti is the Caltech scientist who learns the big one is coming, and it does, and the visual effects when it does arrive are, for the most part, excellent as we see a number of cities get pulverized. Although I would point out some of the effects were bad. There's a scene at the beginning where a car goes off a cliff and we see it down the side and it just looked really Mickey Mouse. You know, in this kind of a film, it's got to, everything's got to look 100% real. There's no more excuses for a big Hollywood movie not to look photorealistic. It just takes you right out of the movie. But like I said, most of the effects were rock solid and with a mixed with a heart pounding score with big boomy bass i really like that when you can feel the bass it really brings you into it on the flip side as i sat there enjoying watching buildings topple over i couldn't help but feel a little guilty watching a movie about an earthquake which exists for the sole purpose of my entertainment and your entertainment just weeks after the nepal earthquake disaster that killed thousands of people but I guess you could say that about any disaster movie. Just the timing, I guess, was a little weird. And they did change their marketing campaign to tone it back a little bit in light of that real-life quake. As I mentioned earlier, this is a silly movie where you often roll your eyes. Here's an example. The daughter and the two guys she was with are walking down the evacuation route, and they happen upon a fire truck. And because she's the daughter of a fire department rescue chopper pilot, i.e. The Rock, she knows there's a supply box on the truck that has useful things like an emergency radio and other handy items. Apparently no one else thought to crack open that box in the middle of a real-life emergency Not even the fire department. I just found that laughable. There are a whole bunch of things like that, but I'm not going to nitpick it because I knew going in it was going to be kind of dumb, so I just rolled with it. I enjoy these movies. Twister, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012. They are all stupid, some of them more than others, but... One of the things San Andreas did well was keep the number of main characters low. That kept it focused and tight, and there wasn't a lot of distracting garbage on the side. would also point out that in the, ca- the cast was tremendous. Dwayne Johnson in particular showed some real acting chops here. I think he has a future beyond being the big action beefcake, if he so chooses. Gugino is great in everything she touches. Daddario is a breath of fresh air. Giamatti could have easily hammed it up in his role, but he takes his role deadly serious. The ending was cheesy and surprisingly rah-rah America. I say surprisingly because in this age of increased importance on international box office, I would think they would want to avoid that. But overall, I enjoyed it. It did what it was supposed to do. It was a summer disaster movie. Script could have been better. They could have taken it more seriously and made it a great film, but in the end, I was still happy because I was entertained. It was thrilling on the big screen. Highly recommended summer entertainment. Three and a half couch cushions out of five for San Andreas. Up next, we're going to talk about Aquarius and Hannibal. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and one of our favorite shows, Hannibal, finally returns this week. C'est un homme terrible avec des yeux bleus. 
one's won. Two men are dead. It may have been impulsive. My wife and I would love to have you for dinner. You have a very good butcher. <laughs> I do indeed. It's the third season of the NBC drama thriller Eerie Creep Fest featuring everyone's favorite cannibal, Hannibal Lecter. When last we saw Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal, that was over a year ago already, he had escaped from the clutches of the FBI who are now very much onto him, and he was flying all off into the distance with uh, Mulder from the X-Files. What's her real name? Jillian... Jillian Anderson. There and actually, go. she was Scully. Scully? What did I say, Mulder? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I never watched the X-Files. That's okay. <laughs> well, the promo there shows them in Paris, so that must be where the story starts. It doesn't look like Lawrence Fishburne, who played the FBI boss Hannibal, stabbed in the finale last year, will be back. He's on that show Blackish, and he's not listed as being in the season three episodes on IMDb. But who knows? Could be an elaborate fake-out. We didn't actually see him die. Hugh Dancy is Will Graham, the FBI profiler, who's really been the main character so far, will be back, probably in hot pursuit of Hannibal and his co-worker. Her girlfriend, Alana, played by Caroline Davernas, will be back as well. As for where the story goes, no real idea outside of it being starting, at least in Paris. And that's one of the many, many great things about Hannibal. The show moves forward. It's willing to make drastic changes to tell its story. I mean, if what was it going to do? Just have the FBI not know that Hannibal was right under the nose for seven straight seasons? That would have been awfully silly and boring, don't you think? Yes. So there you go. This is better, even though it probably means a shorter run overall because, again, chasing him for seven years is kind of silly too. But it's fine. We'll take quality over quantity anytime, especially in this day and age when there's always something good to watch. And, of course, the other, a lot of other things we love about the show, mostly the look and the feel. It is very dark mood. It is gorgeously shot. It might be the best-looking show on TV, although a lot of the imagery is creepy, if not outright disgusting. There are many nights where I watch it wondering, why am I watching this? I'm afraid, cat. I don't like gore. I know. There's just something I, about it. It's I that good a show. It's I a applaud you. Show. And the chemistry between all the actors, especially Mads Mikkelsen and Hugh Dancy, is fantastic. Again, an exciting show because, you know, like I said, anything can happen. Uh, anything except the events of Silence of the Lambs. The show does not have the rights to that material. Still, I don't think. I believe that's still being held by the studio that made the movie, just in case they wanted to make remake it. or I don't know why. <laughs> Whatever. Seems dumb. It's fine. We've it's already, petty. We already know that story, though, so that's yeah. fine. Uh, I would just quickly point out, I just Googled it, Lawrence Fishburne is oh, in season three. Somewhere along the line, he'll pop up, eh? We don't know in what capacity. Could be f- flashbacks if he is, in fact, dead, but he is coming back. Uh, but yeah, Hannibal, easily one of my favorite shows. It may very well be my favorite show on t- on television. Really? Yeah, I just love watching that show. It's, it's a beautiful, macabre, just strange drama that I look forward to every single week when it is on. And it's it's been too long. It's been over a year. Thank God it's coming. There's a show that just started this week. I haven't had a chance to watch it. It debuted on Thursday on NBC. And it's going to be a solid one-two punch, I think, for Thursdays with Hannibal and Aquarius. Love is time, baby. Love me twice today. Sam. What is it? She took off with this guy. What guy? I'm Charlie Manson. David Duchovny, a.k.a. Mulder, stars as a cop in this drama set in the 60s about the infamous Charles Manson. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like Wolves Kebab for Frenich? Get Frenich, Bitch, Bitch, Boogie, Bitch, Remix, Get, 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 Get,
Since it was the 60s, the police work was not very high-tech, and Duchovny says that's great for the story because it means that it's not like a lot of current cop dramas, of which he's not a big fan. Shows like CSI, I believe his quote is, Oh, he sneezed. We got him. That's what he thinks about CSI and shows of their ilk. Here's another cool thing. David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson reunited at last on one night. It plays rough. The truth is right here. Thursdays on NBC. Smart marketing from NBC highlighting the Mulder Scully X-Files connection. Gillian Anderson and Hannibal. David Duchovny and Aquarius on Thursday nights on NBC. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. 